Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. Today, I am sharing my birth story. I'm four days postpartum, and I'm here to tell you all about Adeline's birth. Hello, and welcome to What the Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula who is expecting my first baby this September. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Today is a special episode that I'm just dying to share. I can't wait, even just to recap myself. Um, I have not like gone through my birth story, I guess, like out loud. So this is gonna be super fun. But yes, I am telling my birth story. I am four days postpartum from the birth birth of my daughter, Adeline, and I'm gonna share my story. So I kind of thought what better way to do this than number one, now while it's fresh in my mind and real and raw, and um, number two, I'm gonna kind of do it like I would do if like I interviewed anybody else. So I'm gonna follow the same outline that I use when I interview somebody for their birth story, um, except nobody's gonna be a- asking me the questions. I'm just gonna kind of answer them and go through it. So starting off, for anybody who does not know a little bit about me, my name is Jen. I am a labor and delivery nurse. Um, I am a birth doula and we just welcomed our baby girl literally four days ago on her due date, September 20th, little spoiler alert there. But um, I, my husband is a personal trainer. We live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have been married for, oh geez, um, since 2018. So a little over three years there. And we just, we love hiking. We love doing everything outdoors. We love just spending time together and hanging out. We love to travel, all things, um, all those types of things. So how did I meet my husband? We actually met through two mutual friends, our two best friends who are now also married. They started dating, they introduced us. And then um, six months later, we were engaged. And three months later, we were married. So it was quick, but it was kind of like, you know, we knew. And so we just decided why wait? And we went ahead, we got married. And then we... Um, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, literally right after that. We were from Ohio and Michigan, right on the border. I lived in a town called Toledo, Ohio. My husband lived um, right around Detroit, Michigan. All right, now let's dive into this birth story. And I might have to pause in a little bit because my little co-host is starting to stir. It's about time for her to eat. But um, finding out I was pregnant. So just after Christmas, I think a little bit before New Year's, we went home back to Ohio to stay with some family. And we kind of, I don't want to say we had been trying, but we hadn't not been trying. Let me even backtrack a little bit. We had miscarried um, a pregnancy in May, not a pregnancy, a baby. In May, I was about 10 weeks. And I do have my miscarriage story up on the podcast a while back, but you definitely can go back and listen to that. But we did have a miscarriage. And after our miscarriage, you know, we were kind of like, well, let's just wait to try again. Let's wait until the beginning of next year. Um, Let's take some time. Let's heal. And we just decided that that was kind of the game plan that we were going to go along. But we ended up, you know, not really trying to prevent the pregnant, another pregnancy, but also we were not actively trying. So we decided, you know, come January the next year, we would start trying. Well, I think the first week of January, we actually found out that we were pregnant with Adeline. So it wasn't something that we were necessarily trying for. Again, not something we were preventing. And we were just, you know, over the moon. I was so excited, yet of course nervous because pregnancy after miscarriage is just weird. You are very like on edge, especially, you know, that whole first trimester, just hoping and praying that you make it through and that nothing goes wrong. Um, And that's really how I felt, honestly. Like I was very excited, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. I didn't want to tell people. I really wanted to keep it a secret for a really long time. And that's totally not like me. I'm usually such an open book. 
So that is how we found out. I actually just took a test. We were home um, and I took a test when I got in the shower and then I got out of the shower and it was so faint. Like I remember I ran downstairs to Ashton and I was like, this is positive. And he was like, no, it's not like it's there's nothing there there's only one line and I was like no trust me like I have looked at so many negative pregnancy tests since our miscarriage because I still like you know like I said we weren't not trying so my periods are a little bit irregular so I definitely would still take a test here and now um but I was like I've looked at so many negative tests like I know that right off the bat you can't see a line but I promise you like there is a line there and if you like held it in the right angle with the sun hitting it at the right time like you could maybe possibly kind of see a faint line I was like no I know I know what I'm seeing like I know that that's not negative so of course, I went the next morning at like 6 a.m. to Kroger, bought more tests, took them. Same thing. You could definitely see it a little bit more, kind of like a, a starting of a pink line. But, you know, of course, they got darker and we were definitely pregnant. It was exciting. But again, like I said, a little bit unknown. And my pregnancy with Adeline was super smooth, honestly. It was textbook is the best way to describe it. And I did have a couple hiccups, you know, along the way. Um, it's actually... I don't even know how to recap nine months of my life. And I asked this question to people like, take me through your pregnancy. What was it like? Um, I wasn't very sick. I never threw up. I never had bad morning sickness, just persistent nausea. Um, I always said that she would come out looking like a piece of cheese because I loved cheese. That's like all I wanted to eat. I was really averted from like sweets and coffee for my whole first trimester, which is crazy because those are my absolute favorite foods. Um, but other than that, my pregnancy was great. I did have a subchorionic hemorrhage. And that was really scary for me because like I said, I was so on edge just being pregnant again after a miscarriage. And then one day I remember I left the hair salon. I'd got my hair done. I was, I think around 10 to 12 weeks and I came home and I went to the bathroom and there was blood and I was, you know, instantly in tears, bawling, thinking the worst of the worst. And, you know, Ashton really tried to calm me down and just say, you know, you don't know anything. You don't know what's happening. It wasn't a ton of blood. That's all I had was this one little gush. Um, and so I called out of work the next day. I called the OB. I got in for an ultrasound and the baby looked fine. They just said, you know, there was a little bit of a blood pocket behind the placenta and that's probably what gushed. It wasn't big enough to cause concern, but they said, you know, we'll just watch it. If you have more bleeding, definitely call us. That was probably the biggest like scare I had throughout my whole pregnancy truly was that going into my second trimester, my energy came back. I started to feel great. I was so, so diligent about exercising throughout my pregnancy and mainly I mean I definitely weight lifted still a lot and was in the gym you know trying to be at least two to four times a week but my main thing was walking I walked two to three miles every single day without failure and I you know I have a German shepherd so he loved it and enjoyed it and it was just part of our daily routine we did it every day and I attribute that to how I had such a great pregnancy I truly felt great I loved being pregnant and I know it's crazy to say, but I really, even four days postpartum, like I miss my bump. I'm so glad she's here and I would not go back for sure um, and like trade it, but I do miss my bump. It's a special time. It's so beautiful to feel those kicks and those flutters inside of you, but I, I miss it. Um, but yes, exercise was probably the most important thing of my pregnancy. Why I feel like my pregnancy was so smooth and so good. I really tried to remain 100% like independent and doing the things I did before pregnancy. So of course I toned back certain things like as far as especially in the gym, but otherwise like I would not use pregnancy as an excuse to slow me down. That was how my mindset was. So, you know, I, I remember I was 
39 weeks, so jumping to the end of my pregnancy, I was out in the yard. I had weed whacked. I had blown the driveway while my husband mowed, and then we planted two trees together. Like, I would not use pregnancy as an excuse. So I was, you know, doing all the things all the time, trying to be as normal as possible. And, yeah, I just – I loved being pregnant. Um, In my third trimester – exhaustion definitely came back and it came back pretty strong because second trimester like my energy was through the roof I felt totally normal again third trimester tired I started taking naps probably every day if I was not working a shift at at the hospital and they were life-saving like I would just take you know midday like one to two hours oh it felt so good but other than that the third trimester also was pretty easy I definitely was getting uncomfortable like sitting on the couch was no longer comfortable I would use my birthing ball 24-7 um I, you know, sleeping at night, especially those last like three weeks was so rough. I was up every like hour. It felt like just peeing and tossing and turning. I think a lot of it is like mental anticipation, but I think 99% of it is just God's way of truly preparing you to have a baby. Because imagine if like we just slept 24 seven, well, not 24 seven, but you know, we slept a good 10 hours every night up until the day we had our babies. Like it would be such a hard transition. So it's, I know, you know, every pregnant woman at the end, you're like, I hate it. I'm up all the time peeing and I'm hot and I can't get comfortable. And mentally, I'm just thinking about going into labor, but truly it's such a blessing because when this baby is here, you're going to be up tossing, turning all night long too. So let's just ease into it and just, you know, embrace that now. Um, yeah. Otherwise my pregnancy was really smooth. Um, I'm trying to think, like I said, I really haven't practiced this. I know I'm going to go back and be like, oh, I forgot to mention this and this and this. But otherwise, um, it was great. I think I definitely had a lot of anxiety being a labor and delivery nurse. I remember nights where I'd lay in bed and like pressing, like press on my belly or like, you know, tickle my stomach or um, roll side to side just trying to get her to move and kick. And I would get so anxious if I didn't feel, you know, a couple of kicks every pretty pretty often I always wanted to feel her move and if I didn't it just drove me to like the worst conclusion and eventually you know she always would I never had to like go into the hospital or anything like that for her movement but I definitely remember being so anxious about it like I'm serious I would lay in bed like 4 a.m and be like wait I haven't felt her move and she probably was moving but I was sleeping but so I'd start like rolling and pushing on my belly and then just like laying there still as a rock waiting to feel something um that drove me nuts truly I I did not enjoy that (laughs) otherwise um yeah great pregnancy smooth pregnancy textbook pregnancy never had any health issues never you know had high blood pressure or gestational diabetes or anything like that which I'm very grateful for and yeah um now let's just dive into the next topic that I normally ask people which is about birth preferences or birth preparation I'm sure you guys already know this, but of course I had birth preferences. Um, I wanted an unmedicated birth. I wanted to birth in the hospital where I work. I wanted to stay home as long as possible. Um, I planned, really that was honestly it. Like, and, and I always had the mindset too. I always told people, I want an unmedicated birth. I want to stay home as long as possible. But if I get to the point where you know, I'm losing my mind and I need an epidural, I'm going to get one. Like I'm not going to be upset and feel like my birth is ruined and over and nothing like what I wanted it to be if I get an epidural. So I was very always open to the mind of an epidural if I needed it, but I also mentally and physically prepared that I can do this. And the biggest thing truly that got me through it is two things. I told myself that contractions and the pain of a contraction, it's caused by my own body. It's coming from inside of my own body. So if my body's causing it, my body can handle it. And then the second thing I always told myself was that we are the only species, mammal, 
beings, whatever you want to call it, on earth that worry about pregnancy and birth and pain. You don't see like a horse or a dog or a cat or a monkey like freaking out and frantic and worrying about birth and worrying about how they're going to cope with the pain. Like, no, they just, they're pregnant. They enjoy their pregnancies. Well, I don't know if they enjoy their pregnancies, but anyways, they're pregnant, they grow a baby and then they go into labor and they give birth to, to a baby animal, whatever it may be. And they don't worry about it. We're the only species on this whole entire planet that thinks that we need pain medication and all these interventions to give birth. And it's so necessary in so many instances. Please don't get me wrong. Like epidurals are freaking amazing and interventions are so needed in so many situations. But in general, with a healthy, normal textbook pregnancy that you want to have unmedicated, I think it's a great mindset to just remember that, you know, we're the only species that really worries so much about how they're going to cope with the pain. You can do it. Your body can do it. The pain is coming from inside of your own body. So those are just two things that I told myself a lot to keep that mindset strong that like I could do it unmedicated because I really did want to. Not even a specific reason. I don't think epidurals are bad for your labor. I don't think they harm your labor. I don't think they harm you. I don't think they harm your baby. I don't I don't believe in any of that kind of crazy stuff. I just simply wanted to be as present as possible and I truly believe that God gave us childbirth as a gift and um, it just made me feel really connected to my birth and my baby to want to have an unmedicated birth. Other than that, I don't really think I had any birth preferences. I did hire a doula um, who would be there to support me and kind of guide my husband. And then diving into birth preparation, like I said, I did tons of walking, tons of working out. Um, I do have a birth preparation guide that I give all of my doula clients, but kind of the basic things, I was extremely diligent. If you follow me on Instagram, you know this, um, about my red raspberry leaf tea. I drank it throughout my entire third trimester. By the end of my pregnancy, I was up to about three cups a day. Um, it just gave me lots of Braxton Hicks contractions. I won't lie, but I'm sure it worked something, um, did a little bit of help for me. I did the dates. Um, I did 70 grams a day and I would weigh them out because dates are so different in the sizes. For me, the ones that I bought this like organic big bulk bag from Costco, it ended up being about eight to nine dates a day. So I would weigh out 35 grams in the morning and eat them with like breakfast. And usually I would just dip them in peanut butter because I was so lazy about it. And then 35 grams in the evening is what I would eat just to break it up because it's so much sugar and it's so, so, so sweet. But thankfully I love dates. So that made it really easy for me to eat those. I kind of looked forward to it as like dessert every night. Um, let's see, I did curb walking. So like at maybe 37 weeks, I started, you know, on my daily walks with my dog, just making sure a portion of it was curb walking on both sides, um, like both sides of the curb. I did tons of sideline release at the end. It just felt really good also to stretch like kind of that backside of my glute and my leg. So I would do that usually before bed for five minutes on each side, nothing too crazy. I did the mile circuit a couple of times. I will not lie to you. I hate the mile circuit. That first pose is so uncomfortable. But um, I felt like she was in a weird position towards the end. Like my belly was so high. Yet every time I had a cervical check, she was really low and engaged. So it didn't really make sense to me. So I was like, I feel like she's in a bad position. So I just always did side lying release and the mile circuit to try to like help move her and get her into a better position. I'm not sure if it really worked or if it was just honestly how I carried my baby in my belly, but that's why I did the mile circuit. Other than that, there was not too much I did. I know a lot of people like to do evening primrose oil. I did that for about a day and then I talked to my midwife about it and she said that there's a lot of evidence that it um, can cause premature rupture of membranes, which I definitely did not want. And um, 
I was already pretty effaced. I think I was about 80% effaced, 80 to 90% at 37 weeks. So for me, it didn't really make sense to do the evening primrose oil, so I did not. The only other thing I tried to do was have a lot of sex and take a lot of warm baths. So two pretty easy tasks. Um, I don't know, sex at the end might not be that easy of a task, but you just gotta make it happen. And I won't lie to you, the most important part about having sex to try to you know, induce labor or just ripen the cervix. Number one, semen obviously has prostaglandins. Prostaglandins can help with cervical ripening. So that's definitely important. Don't use a condom when you're doing it. You're already pregnant. Um, the semen, it's got to reach the cervix to work. And then the other thing is orgasms are also proven to help with like cervical dilation. And I believe some people think that they can kind of help like kickstart some labor, but I, I mean TMI, but I was not able to have an orgasm being a big pregnant woman. If you can, more power to you, include that because that's definitely important and that will help you. Okay, let's jump in to my labor story. That's a quick recap of my pregnancy. Like I said, you guys, I'm probably forgetting 50 million things because I really just want this to be mainly about my birth story. But if you don't follow me over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT, go over there and follow me because honestly, you'll see like all my pregnancy content on there from the whole nine months and then now you'll see tons of cute little baby Adeline and she's the chubbiest little thing ever. So go follow me over there. But let's jump in to going into labor. How was labor and a little bit of postpartum. Starting off, my due date was the 20th. So September 20th. So let's start back two days before. So two days before on the 18th, which would have been what? Monday was my due date. So Saturday. I was in like a little bit of prodromal early labor. I was just having kind of mild on and off contractions, nothing I couldn't tolerate. Like I could talk through them, walk through them, go to the store through them, whatever. It was just a little bit more than Braxton Hicks. Still not painful at all though. That lasted all day on the 18th, two days before my due date, up until about 4 a.m. 4 a.m., they totally stopped. I slept all night. I was honestly sleeping even before, but still kind of waking up and tossing and turning through them. But, um, Right before 4 a.m., before they stopped, I got up out of bed because they were just annoying me. I was tossing and turning so much, and I went into the nursery, and I do have a Doppler. I'm a labor and delivery nurse, and she was just being so active, like ta- like flipping and turning and going crazy more than ever before. And I'm like, that's a little bit weird. Like, I just want to listen to her heart rate, make sure it was fine. So I Dopplered her heart rate. It was a little bit lower than average. I wish people didn't have Dopplers or buy them. I wish I didn't even, honestly, truly, because I think it just makes you worry, but... I doppled her heart rate. It was lower than normal. It was about 105. She's always somewhere around the 140s. So in hindsight, if you ever have a Doppler and you get a heart rate reading, you know, it's normal for them to go up and down and things. But as labor and delivery nurse, I know that that's a little bit drastic of a change from her baseline. I should have gone into triage, but I didn't. The only reason I'm even including this in my story is because the next morning I did go into triage. And I called my work and I just said, I told the midwife, hey, last night she was just having a lot of movement, definitely an increase from my normal baseline, um, more than she's ever had before. And I doppled her, her heart was a little bit low. I'm a little bit worried. Can I just come and do an NST? They were like, yeah, of course. So I went in, I did an NST. She looked beautiful. Heart rate was back in the normal limits. I definitely got a little bit of a lecture, like, come on, you know better. If her heart rate's low like that, you need to come in. But anyways, she was fine. Whatever was happening that night had resolved, thank goodness. 
and my the midwife just checked me while I was there in triage. I had been one and a half, about 80% effaced, which effacement is the thinning, the thinness of the cervix, and then minus one station, which is pretty good for a first-time mom. That day in triage, though, she said that she could stretch me to about a three. So she called me three centimeters, 80% effaced, and minus one. So I kind of assumed like, oh, that little prodromal labor the night before, like it did a little bit. She did end up sweeping my membranes. Now we're in the, remember we are on the 19th for the day before my due date. She sweeped my membranes. Um, I contracted all day long, not really anything too intense, about 10 minutes apart. Kind of felt like it was the day before, but maybe a little bit more intense, still not painful, um, just a little bit stronger. I did have a little bit of bloody show. I really think it was just from the, the membrane sweep though, so I didn't get too excited about it. It was more like pink tinge, nothing crazy. And I was excited. I was like, okay, she swept my membranes. I contracted all day yesterday. Like maybe we're speeding up. Um, maybe it's going to pick up tonight and this is going to be great. Like I'm actually going to go into labor. By the end of the night, I was I was uncomfortable. Like I got in the bath. My husband was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, you know, they definitely are just strong. I literally lay my head on my pillow at 10 p.m. to go to bed and it's like a light switch goes off. They stop, completely stop. I slept from 10 a.m. to 6 a.m. without one contraction. I was so mad when I got up at 6 a.m. I texted my doula. I'm like, hey, you know, um, the contractions I had after the membrane sweep yesterday, they're totally gone. I slept all night like a baby. Didn't feel a single contraction. I'm so upset. You know, I'm probably gonna be pregnant for a few more days. I'll keep you updated if anything changes, but I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I'm not having a single contraction since 10 p.m. last night. So I think it was just a false alarm. It kind of sucks. Any advice you have to kickstart it going? She didn't even reply to me yet. And it was about 7 a.m. and I had a contraction. So I was like, oh, cool. I've been up for an hour to have a contraction. It's probably just from moving around, but like awesome. Maybe it's going to start back up again today and I'll be at it all day. Maybe I'll have her, you know, tomorrow or the next day. So let's say an hour goes by. So from 7 to 8 a.m. And then at, at 8.07, I text my doula again and I say, Hey, um, you know, I know I just texted you at like 6, 6.30 saying, you know, everything stopped. But within the last hour and a half, they started again right at 7 a.m. And for, you know, from 7 to 8 now, they've been like five minutes right off the bat. Um, they actually are, you know, a little bit intense. I feel like I'm kind of having to stop and breathe through them since they started at 7. But um, again, like don't want to get my hopes up. They'll probably just fade away anyway. But I just wanted to update you and let you know just in case still don't get a text back from her um she was just running around getting her kids and you know if I, if you ever need your doula you actually got to call them and I didn't need her at this point like I was just like oh yeah I'm just gonna like casually update her so 30 minutes go by it's like 8 30 and I like couldn't talk through them like mind you they started an hour and a half ago and I can't talk through them so I woke up my husband and I was like I like might be being dramatic maybe I can't handle this pain like it, I've got to be in such early labor to be an hour and a half into my contractions and I cannot breathe through them so it was really odd. My doula did, you know, text me back and she said, you know, it's probably starting again. Rest, take a Benadryl if you're still tired, get in the bath, you know, go about your normal day. Ignore them as much as you can because this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's your first, oh, there's my co-host. She said, it's your first baby and this could take a long time. All right, sorry, we are back. We had a short feeding break that, you know, was just not optional, of course. So anyways, it's about 8.30 a.m. I could not talk through my contractions at this point. I thought maybe I wasn't handling them well. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get in the bath. I was really trying to save the bath till what I thought was the end of my labor. So I was like, I know this is so early, but you know, I'm just gonna get in there and just see if it gives me relief. So 9.45, I get in the bath and it sucked. It was not helping. I was taking contractions on my sides in the bath. Um, I tried like hands and knees in the bath. 
every position in the bath and I was like this is really doing nothing for me so I ended up getting out um right as I was getting out at like 10 15 I was in there for about 30 minutes I called my doula and I was like hey you know they're really picking up I don't know what's going on I think that you should just head over um just in case so she was like okay like let me just grab a couple things grab some food and then I'll be over still kind of thinking we had plenty of time she got to my house at about 11 20 and right when she was about 10 minutes away I called her and I was like hey maybe you should turn around not even come here just meet us at the hospital and she was like I'm 10 minutes away you know just let me come over let me just see you through a couple of these um she stayed on the phone with me for those next 10 minutes until she got to my house and she was like okay like these are definitely like two minutes apart um I've been timing them while I'm on the phone with you so you know I'm almost there and then we can kind of decide what to do so she gets to me um and kind of just watched me through a few and I think you know we all kind of were like okay let's go to the hospital um so we left very quickly we left in a complete frantic um fun side note we left this house so fast once she got here that I was the last one out and I didn't shut my front door so um side note there we got home from the hospital and our front door to our house was wide open for two days thank god nothing was stolen stupidest thing we could have ever done I like I'm still literally upset about it four days later but we left for the hospital from my house probably around like 11 30 11 40. So we show up to the hospital. It's about noon by the time that we actually get there. And I walk in and I look at my coworkers. I'm like, please don't put me in triage. Just put me in a room. And they were like, we have to triage you. You got to go through triage. I'm at the desk, like breathing through contractions. I'm starting to get into like labor land of my own world where I don't even know what's going on around me. I could not sign the paperwork. I couldn't even like focus to give them my ID. But anyways, we got around to triage. I just laid down, got on the monitor super quick. My midwife came in. She checked me and I was nine centimeters, eight to nine centimeters. So it was crazy, crazy fast. I was for sure in denial my entire labor. Like 7 a.m. it started my first contraction of that day at least. And then by the time we got to the hospital at noon, yeah, I was about eight to nine centimeters. So the car ride, oh my goodness. We jumped in the car and I was in the backseat on all fours, kind of hanging over the backseat facing like the trunk, like facing out the back of the car while my husband drove. And I started to feel some pressure in my bottom during the car ride. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, you need to drive fast. You need to drive faster. Like yelling at my husband to just drive faster and just to get us there. But we got there nine centimeters. I quickly walked across the hallway into another room where um, a few nurse, a few of my nurses slash coworkers got me admitted, started my IV, did my COVID swab. I literally did not care about anything. I was just like, just do what you have to do. Like, let's just get this show on the road type of thing. So I just like sat there, got my IV, COVID swab. I was um, on the birthing ball during this. And mind you, like 100% in my own world. I, I told my husband afterwards, I was like, yeah, it's just like really funny. I didn't want anybody touching me in labor. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like there was six people's hands on you the entire time, which I was just oblivious to. Like I was so internalized. I couldn't even feel people touching me and helping me labor. All I could feel was just my contractions in my pelvis and my pelvis just like opening. And I remember my midwife kept saying, put your hands up, like uh, rest the palms of your hand up because I always had my hands face down on my knees and I was pushing into my knees. She wanted me to flip my hands over and let my palms go towards the ceiling. And oh my gosh, that was the hardest thing I've ever done to relax my palms. And I did that all in the birthing ball while my while I was being admitted. And then my doula said, you know, let's let's change positions. Let's get up. Let's empty your bladder. So she had me get up and go to the toilet to try to pee. And that was 
just really hard for me. I sitting on the toilet was not, you know, was not relieving to me. A lot of people think that laboring on the toilet feels good. I felt the opposite. I felt like I felt like something was going to come out of me right there on the toilet. So I quickly sat down, tried to pee. I don't think I was able to. And I quickly got up. I'm like, nope, this is not it. Like, uh, and they were like, you want to go back on the ball? You want to go in the bed? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to do anything. Like, I just didn't know what to do. So we um, ended up saying, okay, let's get on the bed and hands and knees facing backwards so I can kind of set the head of the bed up and lean over it. So I did that for a while. I think that's what felt best to me um, was doing it like laboring like that. So I would say about an hour went by. It was probably about one o'clock and my midwife um you know things just moved really quick and I was finally getting settled in and I was like I gotta push I really really had been holding back I felt like I had to push from the moment I got there but I really wanted to wait until I really felt that pressure intensely so she had checked me I had a little bit of an anterior lip but she's like you can start pushing like it's not gonna matter it's not gonna affect it but I still was kind of like okay well I just want to hold off a little bit longer so I kind of switched positions a few times and this is where it gets a little bit blurry But at some point during that, like where I was trying to hold off on pushing, I was definitely involuntarily pushing, like just bearing down, but trying not to full blown push until all that cervix was gone. That's just what I wanted to do. Um, But during that, as I was hands and knees backwards on the ball, I just let out a little bit of a push with a contraction that I couldn't help and my water broke and I want to say that was like around 11 15 and the best way I can describe it you guys like I was in my own world don't remember anything of this entire like two hours I was at the hospital before she was born but it sounded like somebody took a stack of textbooks and then held it above the ground and just dropped it and that like smack on the floor that's what that noise it was like a pop and a smack and it was my water breaking in the middle of a contraction and it just popped so loud and just went everywhere like all over the back of the bed spilled over onto the floor and I'm hands and knees backwards on the bed so it was just crazy and so much water came out and I felt her just drop like I just felt her drop and I remember I looked up and I opened my eyes and I said a cuss word and I said oh my god the next one I'm screwed because I knew that with that water gone that next contraction was not I mean none of them were you know they were very intense but I knew this next one was really going to be a hard one. So, you know, I had the pop, the tidal wave of a tsunami of my water breaking. And this next contraction was just intense. I was pushing like the fetal ejection reflex is a real thing. It feels like you're dry heaving, like vomiting, but out your bottom. Um, so I started to feel that pressure and it just, it seriously, you guys, when people say it feels like it's coming out of your butt, like it really does. So this is where I just started pushing after that bag of water was gone. The anterior lip of my cervix that was left, was also gone. And there was definitely no stopping me. I was just bearing down uncontrollably. Um, I mean, I was in control, but like the, the, the feeling that I had to bear down, I could not stop. And so I just leaned into it. And I think that was mentally the hardest part. I just kept telling myself one contraction at a time, one contraction at a time. It's 60 seconds. You can do anything for 60 seconds. Push hard. I related it a lot to working out like that one last hard rep that you got to get. And I was like, if I can get this last rep done, like I'm going to be done with this workout and I'm going to have the best reward ever. So that was my mindset. Each contraction, it was the most intense hard thing I've ever done. But I just pushed every time three can three pushes. I tried to hold it as long and as hard as I could and give it my best. And I I got a, a, a cramp in my left hip. And I vividly remember this. My left hip was cramping so bad. And I just kept grabbing it and saying, oh my God, a Charlie horse, Charlie horse. And then a contraction would come and I'd do my pushes. 
and this Charlie horse in my like left hip was driving me nuts. I just am amazed and unmedicated birth and I'm focused on a Charlie horse in my hip. But I joked around with my coworkers a little bit during it. Like between contractions, truly, that's just, I think, how I coped with the pain. I did have a mirror, so that was really cool. Like watching her, I just remember like uh, smiling at one point, watching her head coming out in the mirror. It was truly amazing. I tried to push slow at the end to let her head like stretch me out. Of course, you know, as slow as you can during unmedicated birth, but I really just tried to relax and just let the tissue stretch truly. It's crazy and as weird as that sounds, but I pushed for 45 minutes and she was born at about 2.08. Well, not about. She was born at 2.08 p.m. And it was just incredible. I I remember my midwife said, look down, look down, look down. And I opened my eyes and I looked down. And mind you, this is all on video. I do have my birth videotaped. It's incredible. I watched it today and just started sobbing. But I opened my eyes and I looked down and I just rip her out of my midwife's hands and pull her up onto my chest and it was just so surreal I always said I would never believe it until it happened like that there was actually I'm like I'm gonna go into labor and still not believe that there's a baby in there and when I pulled her out on top of me I was like oh my goodness she had this thick head of black hair my husband I just looked at him and he's bawling he's sobbing he can't even like see through his own tears it was the most amazing beautiful moment ever and my coworker looks at me she's like oh my god she is huge Jen and I was and I as I'm, I'm wiping her off and stimulating her I'm tickling her feet trying to get her to cry a little bit for me and I was like oh my god you're right like she's huge she's as long as my torso I don't know where I was hiding this baby and they were all like she's definitely like nine pounds and yeah it was just crazy I could not believe that that had actually been inside of me I mean it makes sense why I felt like my belly was so high all the time and so big all the time but she was here 208 p.m she ended up weighing eight pounds and 11 ounces and she's the freaking cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. She is just chunky. She looks, if you have me on Instagram, my personal page or my What The Bump CLT page, there is a picture of my husband as a baby. And I'm telling you guys, I gave birth to my husband. Like, I don't know how else to put it. She's a spitting image of him as a baby. It's the funniest thing and the cutest thing ever. But that was how my labor was. It was fast. It was furious. It started at 7 a.m. that morning with my first contraction after some prodromal labor the two days before that never really built up to anything. When it decided it wanted to be true labor, 7 a.m., it did not stop. Five minute apart contractions to two minute apart contractions. By noon, I was nine centimeters. And then she was here just two short hours later. It felt long hours, but I truly, a lot of it's a blur to me. Like watching the videos today was really cool because I definitely was not present in the room, if that makes sense. Like I was just in labor land. Like I don't remember everybody touching me, giving me counter pressure. I don't remember what people were saying to me. I barely, you know, remember who was in the room with a lot of the times. I remember bits and pieces, but so much of it, I was just in my head coping and breathing and focusing on just, I remember just telling myself over and over in my head, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. One more contraction, one more contraction. You're one more contraction closer. And that's kind of how I got through it. So having the videos and being able to watch them has just been such a highlight. Like it's, I will forever cherish it. And I know not a reason to that, but it was something I really wanted. And I'm so glad that we got to capture that moment. I'm sure I'm forgetting you guys so much stuff from my birth story, but that is kind of the gist of it, how it started out. I truly think um, that the biggest factor of how I went into labor and had a beautiful, unmedicated, pretty fast birth, my third first baby was how diligent I was with 
everything I did to prep and that's from you know red raspberry leaf tea dates and so much exercise and walking those are like the three things I think that helped the most um like I said I did have my membrane stripped the day before I think that that truly just kind of helped stir up a little bit more what was already happening because I had been you know having a little bit of labor on and off since the day prior as well but Oh, yeah, it's it's just been a whirlwind ever since. I still can't believe it truly happened. Like I can't believe that I actually gave birth to this perfect little tiny human. We, me and my husband, we're just all we're so in love and smitten with her, and she keeps me up at night, and I just like don't care at all. Like she wakes me up at four a.m. and I'm like, oh hi, good, like I love you, like, and you know I'm definitely extremely sleep sleep deprived, but it's beautiful. I would definitely not change it for a single other thing in the world I love being a mom I love having her here I miss pregnancy I miss my bump I don't take it for granted everybody was like you know enjoy these last few days with your bump and I tried to but I was so ready to have her that you know I really just couldn't and postpartum it has been great um my tearing was very minimal it wasn't too bad um I did have a lot of tailbone pain after delivery I was not expecting that but I think because I labored on medicated um everybody was trying to give me a lot of counter pressure and I think it was almost too much um it, I didn't notice it in the moment but afterwards my husband um I, I was getting out of bed for the first time and I'm like oh my god my tailbone like you guys I think I broke my I swore I broke my tailbone for the whole first day and then my husband was like yeah my shoulder's so sore from giving you counter pressure on your lower back like right on your tailbone and I was like oh that's that's interesting because I feel like my tailbone's broken and now you're telling me your arms are sore because of the amount of counter pressure you gave me on my tailbone so I think it was just super super bruised but for I would say the first two almost three days the first the first two days I could literally barely get out of bed without him actually physically helping me because the pressure and pain on my tailbone was so intense but it did fade. I'm very thankful to say I have been taking some ibuprofen. Um, you know, I'm a little bit sore still, of course, down there. I choked on granola yesterday morning and I thought it was a death sentence. It felt like my pelvis or my pelvic floor was going to just fall out onto the floor. So definitely still weak down there, but we've made it a point to get outside. Today we had an appointment with lactation. Adeline has already gained back four, three ounces or yeah, wait yep three ounces <laughs> of her weight back so that's incredible at four days old to be gaining a little bit of her weight back back to her birth weight she was born 8 11 at her pediatric appointment um 48 hours follow-up she was 8 4 and then today she was already back up to 8 7 so it was great our hospital stay was short and sweet we stayed 24 hours got discharged at 24 hours she passed all of her testing perfectly had been feeding like a champ her latch is amazing um you know definitely sore my milks came in my breasts are sore I thought I knew so much you guys about breastfeeding and postpartum and pregnancy and this has proven to me that I don't <laughs> I didn't know like that when your milk comes in you feed on one side and the other side just like leaks everywhere like this is all just such a learning curve and I'm so grateful for it because I can be even a better labor and delivery nurse a better friend a better mom a better doula to clients and people in my life now that I've actually experienced it and walked through it myself it is like nothing I could have imagined and yeah, I just, I've really loved it. Postpartum has been hard as far as just being tired. But, you know, like I said, I think it's, and I say this all the time with everything, it's a mindset. Like the world tells you pregnancy is long and it's painful and it's uncomfortable. And by the end, you're going to hate it. 
and then birth is traumatic and it's painful and it's hard and then postpartum you're sleep deprived and your baby is fussy and it cries and you know breastfeeding is hard and yeah like some of that is true you know pregnancy is uncomfortable birth definitely you know is intense and postpartum is definitely a little bit hard but it's all about how you frame it and the way that you view it and I think just transitioning that mind to something that's so much more healthy knowing that you signed up for that like mentally prepare for that like postpartum is hard you're not going to sleep much okay like so when it comes you're just you accept it and it's just a part of it and it can be such a beautiful part of it like you know being sleep deprived it's not the end of the world it's a short season of of this time and having your baby here is so worth it so I don't know that's just like a caveat side note something that I think the biggest thing I'm learning is that it's all about your mindset because it doesn't have to be terrible and miserable it's all about what you focus on that's going to either make it terrible and miserable or that's going to make it just something that's so beautiful and this time is a time that you're never going to get back I never want her to grow up like I would keep her just as she is right now with me sleeping four hours a night right now forever if I could because I just love it. It's it's a beautiful season of your life and um, yeah, postpartum just so, I mean, obviously I'm only a few days in so come back in the thick of it in two weeks and I might tell you something otherwise but I don't think I will because like I said, I mean, I'm very much into your mindset surrounding these things and preparing mentally and I just think it's been a beautiful experience and I think it will continue to be in its own unique ways there will be challenges I you know there will be tears shed but you just bounce back and you get through it and you have you know support and people around you who love you I'm always here if you're in the thick of postpartum pregnancy or you're scared of labor that's to come I'm always here to talk about it to just help you to change your mindset around it a little bit maybe but that's how postpartum has been so far Again, like I said, follow me over on Instagram, what the bump CLT, because I'm going to be just posting constant updates on there. I did um, encapsulate my placenta, so I've been taking that. I'm hoping that that helps a little bit. I did share that over on my Instagram over there. Um, I also put up a question box for people just to ask me things as as I go postpartum. Um, you know, we're feeding every two hours during the day. I'm trying to get her to go like three hours during the night. It's a little bit hard. Sometimes I set her down and she's just right back to fussing and screaming. So we're learning as we go. I'm sharing products that I like, some things that I really don't like, what's working for us, what's not. And I don't know everything I'm learning. And it's so new to this, like four days new to this. But I just think it's cool to be able to share. And I've gotten so much advice and tips from you guys just from even sharing this journey. Um, just of things to try and different things to do and all that kind of stuff. So it takes a community, it takes a tribe, it takes a village. And those sayings are not, you know, they're not in vain. Like it really does. It takes a lot of people. I've been texting my friends 24 seven, like, is this normal? Like when I was, I've been engorged because my milk came in. I'm like, hey, is this like normal? Is this ever going to fade? And she's like, oh yeah, it fades like 48 to 72 hours and it'll go down a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yes, this is awesome. Like I can't wait for it to go down a little bit, but Truly, I have so many questions every day and I have people I can go to and turn to and ask them to. So if you don't have that, let me be that for you. I will try to help. And if I don't know the answer, I'll direct you to somebody who might know the answer. But that is my birth story with Adeline. It was amazing and fast. And you guys, one of the hardest, most, I don't want to use the word painful because I'm so like, I don't know. I like the mindset to be better than that. But it was the most intense, hard thing I've ever done in my entire life. But she's here and we're just loving on her and enjoying every second of it. So thank you guys for listening to my birth story. Like I said, it was just crazy and fun and intense. And yeah, if you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to message me on Instagram. And if you just want to follow along with our journey, please follow me over on Instagram at whatthebumpclt.com. 
And please send me any advice you have because this girl does not like to sleep. I even have a snoo that a friend let me borrow and she hates it. Um, I feed her at night sometimes and I put her down and 10 minutes later she's screaming at me. So if you have sleep tips, I am doing the Taking Care of Babies course. I'm really excited to learn from that. Otherwise, yeah, please send me some sleep tips. I'm so sleep deprived, but I'm just trying to run on coffee and fuels and a lot of feel good hormones that are probably just coursing through me as I'm just four days postpartum, but I know the crash is coming. So yes, give me any advice you have. I would love it. Anything that you found that made these first two weeks of post the postpartum period a little bit easier, please let me know because I'm just trying to take in all the advice I can get. And if you have questions, please message me. Thank you guys for listening to my birth story. Um, I usually always ask people their top tip top bit of advice for moms so my top bit of advice for you would be what I said earlier it's all about your mindset surrounding pregnancy birth and postpartum so you can either have the mindset that it's going to be hard and it's going to suck in every way or you can have the mindset that it's going to be hard and some things might suck but it's going to be beautiful and you can pull the joy and the good things out of even the hardest situations and the situations that didn't go as planned there's so much beauty in it because you are being given a gift of a new life and that's what you need to focus on. So that's my bit of advice. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast, this little bonus episode, and we will see you again, of course, regular scheduled timing on Monday at 9am for the next podcast episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.